and it's happy hour again here at the Collins Hotel at 3811 St. Charles Avenue in Uptown New Orleans. The Collins is a great place to come and stay if you're going to come and stay in New Orleans and a great place to come and have a drink with us if you're already here. It's happy hour. I'm Grant Morris. My special guests today are Tommy Corley, the pride of Booty, Louisiana. Correct? Would that be a fair description? That's absolutely fair. That's the way it goes down. Okay. Ian McNaughty, would I call you a foodie? Yeah, you can call me that. Okay. And the author of Louisiana Rambles. Out in paperback, hardback, and digital. That's right, yes. That's right. And Scott Boaz, a drummer. Can you believe it? No, I can't believe it either. Drummer for a band called Adam's Attic, originally from New Orleans and now currently residing in Los Angeles. And we are. And in our studio, we have Mitch Foreman, who is playing today's theme and joining us on piano. Mitch, how are you doing? It's hard to know how he's doing there, isn't it? How would you think he's doing? Shall I ask him again? Yes, yes, very nice. Mitch, how are you doing? Everything's great. How are you guys doing? <laughs> Good. Well, you were on the road in Seattle last time we talked. Oh, yes, I was. With the Mitch Foreman Quartet. Mitch Foreman Quartet and the Chuck Loeb Quartet, which magically had the same personnel. Chuck Loeb Quartet, Mitch Foreman Quartet had the same personnel. Chuck Loeb yes. and Mitch Foreman plus two. Exactly. Very good. Hey, um, so today we're sort of going to talk to Ian McNulty first about food. That's what yeah. I thought we would do. Yeah, yeah. Because you guys, you, you all eat, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what sort of stuff do you eat on the road, then? Are you guys on the road in the band? Uh, sometimes we travel here. Sometimes, you know, right now we're just uh, from California, and we come out here to play a comeback show. Got a new CD coming out, so we're uh, playing you, in New Orleans. Did you say a comeback show? Are you on a comeback show? Coming home. Like the 80s band? Uh, you can. No. We're just uh, coming back home because we, you know, we moved in California for five years. So we just come back every year, and we're playing a festival, so... Uh, Coming back to, for the new CD and put the song out. So, what's the name of the festival? Festival uh, it's, playing. Uh, Plaquemines Parish Seafood Festival. It's on the West Bank in Belchase. So you guys are from the West Bank. Yes, we're all from the uh, from the West Bank. Your whole bunch of guys in a band from the West Bank. And then we uh, started playing, and then then realized you, realized you're all from the West Bank. Right. Did but you all go to school together or what? Uh, three of us did. Actually, Keith, our, our rhythm guitarist, from actually from California. The other four are from here. So there's five guys in the band. Five so in it's the a band. quintet. Quintet. But like the Mitch Foreman quartet plus one. Plus one, exactly. Yeah. And we eat whatever we're allowed to, whatever's there. So are you guys healthy? Because Ian's a pretty healthy sort of eater, aren't you? Oh, if by healthy you mean voracious? Yes, a healthy appetite yeah. rather than a healthful <laughs> appetite. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> How did you start getting interested in food in the first place, other than, you know, as well, a child? Well, it began with my mother's... <laughs> no, 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 wait, wait, wait. That's not what you mean at all, is it? No. Uh, well, actually, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd always uh, been pretty good at putting away the chow, but I didn't really think about it too much uh, until I moved uh, to New Orleans. And uh, that was about 12 years ago. And uh, I grew up in the Northeast in uh, New England, uh, the biggest little Rhode Island. You're from Rhode Island. I am indeed, yeah, which is a state that has its own interesting, intense, you know, highly localized food traditions. But to me, it was just part of the scenery growing up. I didn't really have much of an appreciation for it then. I don't know anything about Rhode Island at all in the, way, in the food uh, area. Uh, don't well, they, uh, the shrimp, I mean, not the shrimp, but the crab, do they uh, steam them? Yeah, yeah. It, the, the big thing there, of course, is clams and lobsters, or uh, as we call them up there, quahogs. It's the local clam. All right. These gigantic ashtray-sized clams. How do you spell quahog? 
Uh, with a lot of vowels, and uh, <laughs> usually with one eye closed, it helps a lot. It sounds Croatian or something. Uh, is that a Croatian word? No, Baja? no, it's the the the, uh, the Narragansett Indian term up there for for uh, for the clams. Really, that's yeah, the word the for clam Indians. in Narragansett Indian, quahog. Yeah, quahog. Yeah, yeah, that's a nice name. Yeah, you've so eaten one of those, Tommy. No, I wouldn't know what that is. <laughs> you ever see the show what? Family Guy, the cartoon? Yeah. Family Guy? Yeah, he looks set, like one. Well, it's set in the town of Quahog, is the made-up name of the town, because ah. the writer of that show is from Rhode Island. So Do it's you know sort of like a little inside code there. No, I don't know him, but I bet I would recognize him, because it's just that small of a state. Everybody in Rhode Island knows each other. Yeah, usually you hit the highway and you see a few people you know before your exit. You know? Do, you, <laughs> Do you go back much then, like, uh, like, like these guys from Adam's Attic are coming back here as to often, the as petroleum? Often, yeah, as often as I can, uh, you know, never in such an esteemed official capacity. As, uh, as, as a petroleum this, festival. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, Is that what you said, petroleum it's, festival? Uh, it's a Plaquemines, Plaquemines Parish Seafood Festival. A seafood festival. Yeah. I got the word petroleum. petroleum. Petroleum and Plaquemines. They've been trying to, keep, trying to keep those two separate these days. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, a, it's, a, it's a food festival. Yes, it's a seafood festival. Which is like a quahog. <laughs> quahog is a seafood. <laughs> what does that look like? Is it a giant thing the size of the table? No, or? no. It's about the size of an ashtray or maybe the palm of your hand. And uh, they do all kinds of stuff okay. with them. You know, it's a... Not the sort of thing you shoot, but really, you know, you make chowder out of it, or uh, what we call oh. stuffies, you know, just stuffed quahog. Stuffies. Stuffies, yeah. That's the sort of thing you st- stuff a, yeah, yeah, a it's crab. A, yeah, no, well, no, it's like just your... It's a tool. Your, your, <laughs> think about your, your clamshell, your giant clamshell filled with stuffing and, you know, breadcrumbs and... Uh, you know, your onions and celery and hot sauce and squeeze the lemon on top of that. They have them wrapped up in, in cellophane and in the in the coolers at gas stations and stuff up in Rhode Island. That sounds you know, pretty everywhere. good. So that's what you grew up eating. Yeah, but but like I was saying, I mean, this was just part of just growing up. I didn't think there was anything particularly special or different or interesting about it. And I didn't really pay much mind to the heritage behind food until I moved to New Orleans. Um, and this is about 12 years ago. I was 25 years old. I didn't really know a soul here. Uh, and I didn't really know where to, to start, you know. I was just uh, kind of exploring New Orleans, kind of feeling my way around. Did you but have a job here? Or uh, not when I arrived. Arri- no, just not showed when I arrived. up here? Yeah, I just pretty much showed up, yeah, on a, on a you know, hope, hoping that I would get a job, but kind of betting that I would stay for maybe a year or so. Had you been here before? I had been for visits, yeah. Been so for you sort of, of seen the place and got the idea. Did you been for Mardi Gras, Jazz Festival? But no, none of those, no. None just of those. Just, uh, yeah, I went for New Year's Eve, the first time I was ever in New Orleans, New Year's Eve. 19, when 1996 turned into 1997. What did you do? Did you go and burn couches in Mid-City? Or? Uh, well, actually, uh, no. I was stuck uptown. with. Uh, we were staying at like Friends of a Friend's place, like crashing uptown on, on Jefferson Avenue. I, I still see the house. Every time I drive by Jefferson, I give a little salute because <laughs> that's what started my entire life in New Orleans, really, although I didn't know it at the time. you know, We were just down for New Year's Eve after college and uh, I guess I was staying with a friend of a friend, but yeah, the friends that had access to this house... The, Turned out they were giant stoners. And, uh, you know, this is my first time in New Orleans. All I wanted to do was get down and see the French Quarter. I'd never been to Bourbon Street. You know, it's very exciting. We'd never been there. And I, this is what I wanted to do and hear music and eat food. I mean, I didn't know much about, about what I was supposed to expect, but I knew it was big time. You yeah. know, it was a very famous food city, very famous music city. Booze. I was very curious about it. Yeah, but there I was, stuck on Jefferson Avenue, <laughs> way uptown, without a car, without a way to get around. 
terrified that New Orleans is the murder capital of the world, so I couldn't like negotiate the city by myself. So I thought, and too high to leave. And, yeah, and all the, <laughs> from the other friends, right? Yeah, kept kept in this house by these uh, these friends who just didn't, just wanted to roll joint after joint to just stay there. And I was just dying to get out. So is that where the New food Orleans. came because of all the <laughs> yeah, snacking? That's, yeah, that's right. That's, that's where right. the food yeah. thing. All right, now I see. But eventually, I did break out. You know, I convinced them. We're like, okay, let's go out and see New Orleans beyond this actual living room here. You know, I mean, we were playing board games at one point. It was just oh, awful. Dear, yeah. dear. On New Year's Eve. <laughs> it was just pathetic, yeah. So, so we moved to Rhode Island to here to play board games. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's all, all right. That sounds a bit like a land use. So you got them out of the house. Yeah, and you got we made it down. To, we went to Frenchman Street. Yeah, we went to Frenchman Street. And uh, we were just outside of Cafe Brazil. And it was just this fantastic scene, as it usually is, you know, on New Year's Eve. And everybody was just... It wasn't like people were wearing costumes but necessarily, but they were also colorful. And there was this... People were going by in tuxedos and gowns, and other people just looked like they rolled out of a gutter. But everyone's partying together in the street. It's warm out. There's palm, uh, you know, banana trees everywhere. <laughs> We'd be outside. This is a very novel experience for a Rhode Islander in January, December. And then uh, right around the stroke of midnight, I'm not making this up. Some people who were there probably will remember this. The power went out in the whole Maroney neighborhood. Well, and you're not making that up, I'm sure. That's true. Yeah. Right. The, it's already been out at my place today. Plus, <laughs> plus the water is out at my house today. No kidding. But to me, this was mystical because nothing stopped. The brass band inside Cafe wow. Brazil kept playing. Yeah. The beer taps kept flowing. Everyone, you know, suddenly there were candles proliferating everywhere. It didn't stop anything. And there were no street lights on outside, but everyone was outside partying and Basically, the only light was sort of like the weird light of uh, headlights of cars through all the legs of all these countless people out in the street. You went on the ground already, right? Uh, <laughs> no, no. And I just thought, this is amazing. You know, what a great place this is. So it kind of really got under my skin <laughs> on that trip. And I decided... That's a great welcome to New Orleans. Uh, I decided a few years later, if I was really going to, you know, go do something else besides Rhode Island, I ought to check out New Orleans. That's about the best welcome to New Orleans story I've heard in a long time. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh... It's got everything. But you know, it's got brass bands, pot, <laughs> everything. Right. And he's no, talking I don't about partying. Know what else there is board no. games, yeah. board games, <laughs> food. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, partying. You're talking about a partying, and uh, they stopped. They didn't stop. We know that we have hurricane parties. So you, the fact that you were surprised well, that we, they stopped. We used to have hurricane parties. Are we still doing that? <laughs> well, I think everybody runs now. But <laughs> yeah. uh, before, and then we stopped for that. They just partied, right? Heading, you know? Right through the blue. Right. That's right. Well, we're so here we were uh, at the end of that trip. Heading back to New Orleans, uh, excuse me, back to Rhode Island. The friends who had gone and I were, you know, the, his, their parents picked us up at the airport. Said, How was your trip to New Orleans? Oh, it was good. You know, I couldn't really talk about what all we did. And they said, well, well, what restaurants did you go to? I'm like, well, we didn't really go to any restaurants. <laughs> what do you mean you didn't go to any restaurants? They wanted to slap us upside the head. They thought we were ridiculous. The city is world famous for its cuisine. You didn't go to any restaurant. Oh, well, no, we just went to the supermarket and got pasta and, you know, <laughs> chocolate. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, pockets. So that, that again put in my head, like, okay, next time you go to New Orleans, you really got to see what this food thing is about. You, know? you need to eat something. So you didn't go to a single restaurant here the whole time you were here the first time. So I don't recall. No. What, what was the moment that you decided, hey, I'm in love with food and I'm going to make a living being a food writer and critic? Oh, well, that, that took some time. But when I, when I first got to, got to town to, to live here, I quickly discovered that I could make friends or at least get people talking and break the ice in almost any situation by bringing up food. Uh, not groceries? <laughs> no, not groceries. I've discovered it's groceries. Uh, yeah, okay. You think you, you, we used to bring, what was your opening line? Oh, I'd just say, you know, whether I was in, you know, the people I was working with at the time or just somebody at a bar, you know, like, hey, uh, new here, looking for a good bowl of gumbo. What do you got? <laughs> you know? Really? And that it was, was your, get people talking. That I was think. your pickup line. It was the <laughs> icebreaker. Yeah, 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 it was. And, uh, you know, one of, it's one of the ways that I learned my way around the city was I would just compulsively read everything 
that I could about New Orleans food, whether it was the you know the local you know the, the weekly food review or the restaurant review, or the you know write ups in different magazines. And I would go check out places that sounded appealing and took me to different parts of the city that I was only just now exploring. And you're working at City Business originally. Yeah, that's Which right. was a business magazine. Yeah, I was working at a weekly... So weekly you're like business a business, you were like a serious button-down guy, yeah, business covered, writer. Covered banking and insurance and, you know, <laughs> other such... Going out topics. and eating at restaurants yeah. at night and yeah. discovering a whole new world. Yeah, exploring the city that way. But, well, you know, everybody that I talked to, whether it was just a guy in the elevator or, you know, at the end of an interview with a bank executive... Say, hey, by the way, got any good restaurant recommendations? And everybody always had them, you know? They still do. Tommy, do you have a good restaurant recommendation? Your mama's house. Your mama's house. <laughs> That's about the best place, really. Well, it depends who your mama is. Well, they just opened Camellia Grill down in the quarter on Toulouse. That's really good. And as far as econ- economically speaking, especially. So you're looking for something cheap rather than good? Well, it's cheap and good. It, Camellia Grill has been uptown for how many years? Since like 50 years or something? Yeah, at least. And so, Tommy, you, are you living in the quarter or are you working in the quarter? I work in the quarter. I live in Araby. And you're from Bouti originally? From Bouti originally. Uh, we bought a gutted house in Araby. Figured we'd jump on the opportunity of, uh, you know. See, if anyone's listening to this conversation in any other place, we have listeners all over the world to the show. I don't think anybody would follow that sentence. Well, <laughs> our house was only flooded by uh, 20 feet of water in Katrina, and it survived the flood, and we started rebuilding. It's a good place to get a cheap house. So you bought a house... We bought, what was, the, what was the sentence? We bought a gutted house in Araby. We bought a gutted house in Araby. That's almost like a country <laughs> <Yeah>. song. <laughs> Sounds like it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to be there? So Araby is, is a part of New Orleans just out. So, well, is it part we, of Orleans Parish? Or well, is it? We're the little forgotten town that borders the, the lower Ninth Ward that everybody's familiar with, of course. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that place was destroyed, and we're, we're against it. We're right next, you know, in the same piece of land. So we were destroyed also, and, you know, just no one... Mention St. Bernard. They always mention New Orleans, New Orleans. So St. Bernard is the parish, which is another word for county, if you listen to this conversation outside of New Orleans, is, is the parish that is next to... The St. Bernard Parish abuts Orleans Parish, which is New Orleans proper. Right. But we regard it as New Orleans here, right? I mean, we talk about all these places like they're New Orleans, even though technically... The Jackson Barracks separates us. The, the military. So yeah. your place got 20 feet of water in Hurricane Katrina. Where my house is, yeah. It the was house that you Over the now. top of the house. Yeah. And that's how you got it uh, pretty cheap. We found swamp grass in the uh, overhang. Wow. <laughs> but uh, all the structure is sound, and it had a, a terrazzo slab, which we didn't have to worry about flooring, and we just went from there. Terrazzo slab. That's another great New Orleans expression, I think, isn't it? Real Wasn't smooth. It the first concrete. band you were in, Scott? Terrazzo slab. Yeah. <laughs> it was a metal band, right? Hey, Scott, yeah. let's have a listen <laughs> to one Italian of these. Uh, <laughs> let's have a listen to some Adam's Attic, shall we? Let's go. What do you think we should uh, take a listen to? Off? Well, you have the new album. Oh, we have the new album out. Uh, What's it called? Uh, you know what? Where's Love? I almost forgot the name. You didn't of even album. know the name of the title. Well, you're I'm the, the drummer. You're the drummer. Yeah. Exactly. The only reason why I'm here is because the lead singer is not coming until Friday. Okay, because he's that more important. He's got more stuff to do. Uh, probably both. So they just send you. They just on hey, I, I came in early. Promo. We went to go see a concert last night. And my manager says, "Hey, you're in town. Go do this interview. You're only you're only in there." Um, okay. Okay. So, so, so I just they, showed up. Are you are you a person who normally does interviews? Cause no, you don't. Why is that? Because uh, it's the drummer. It's the drummer. Usually the lead singer. When you associate a band with somebody or you face, it's usually this lead singer. Yeah, but do you have any personality? Oh, I got <laughs> tons of personality. Are you intelligent? I can be in a matter of opinion. 
My opinion, yes, I'm very intelligent. I thought, okay, that's good. In your opinion, my opinion. That's an. That's a. Mine's only when it counts, right? Well, it's the only one that counts right now because you're the representative of the band, right? And they're happy to send you out as the representative of the band, or they just don't care about the show. No, they care about the show. They care about the band. I'm just the only one that was able here to be able to do it at this time. But you must be. They must trust you to some extent, then, even though you don't know the name of the album. Probably right. <laughs> so maybe they made a slight mistake, but we'll try and make up for it. I'm sure you can recover. I'm we can sure always you can recover. recover from this. What song are we going to listen to? Uh, which one do y'all want to listen to? There's oh dear, dear. Where's that's Love? A, you got to play. You got to play the, the, the title con- track. The, the title, title track. track that's the album. Where that's is the uh, one that was written about. Uh, you probably can't remember any other tracks off it, right? No, there's uh, with you. Where's Love? Sing me anything. I oh, mean, there's three right there. See, I I, I know okay. it. We gotta, we, well, because I have to play the song, so I got to know them, right? I don't know. Do you have to go by title, or do they just hold up a finger? No, we have a set list. <laughs> you do? So you well, they to, probably have a set list just dr- for the drummer because, <laughs> you know, if they hold up a finger, I'm like, are, you, are we number one? Or, yeah. you know, what is so that for? Jesus just, or what? Yeah, they're going to confuse me, so I have a set list for me. <laughs> okay. So Let's take a listen to Where Is Love off the album Where Is Love by Adam Zaddick. Voices of fear as doubt 
Adam's Attic. Off the new album, Where is Love? The title track, Where is Love? Scott Boaz. What is the answer to the question? Where is it? Um, love is for, the, is for the city, actually, because uh, the song is written about... Um, of course, I didn't write the song. but uh, Of course, because... I'm the drummer. Anyway... <laughs> Do you know the last? What's the last thing the drummer says before he gets fired from the band? Oh, here we go. Well, I don't know what is it. <laughs> I, I got some songs that I just wrote. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's two, two, uh, two jokes. That's good. Uh, so, where's love? Is for the it's for the city because um, Joe was sitting back and he was uh, looking at all this, uh, the oil spill and all this stuff, and then he just he came with the, the lyrics, and that's that's what the whole purpose about that is. You could have called it "Where's Oil." That would have been good too. Um, <laughs> it yeah, but it all sounds too better. Where is where the oil was all too obvious. Yeah, where's oil? So, Gulf. Okay, so where is love? Where's love? It's a city. Are so? you single or married, or what's your story? Uh, is there females listening to this? I, I'm single. No, that's a podcast. There's no way. There's no uh, one. No, no. <laughs> no, only guys are listening. Yeah, yeah. I am so married. You can tell us I'm you. happily married, and I've been married for nine years, and been with the same woman for 13 years. Wow. So four years, you got you got the idea, and you got married. The Was it, it's second, four, thirteen. Do well, they know each other? <laughs> <laughs> this is actually my my second marriage. And what happened to the first one? We were just, we're not going to get into all that. That's well, okay. It's past. It's is didn't work. Did she still alive? Or did oh you, yeah, we. You didn't kill. We're her. still friends. <laughs> what, no. is, what does she play? Anything? No. What does your current wife play? Anything? No. How did you meet her? At school. What do you I, mean? High school. Your current wife, thirteen years ago. Well, we knew each other you in were school. In high school we, we knew each other in school. Uh, hang on a second. Oh, I was going to say, see, thank God you weren't married to your first no, 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 wife no, no, when no, you were no. in kindergarten. I That's got married and I met her. Then I knew her in school. And then okay. We was at Boomers, Boomtown, which is uh, on the West Bank. Boomtown Casino, and Boom, I saw. Boom, you, didn't, you went to school at Boomtown Casino? No, no. <laughs> I met her at Boomtown. I've been schooled there a few times. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and you realized that you knew, each other, <laughs> you knew each other from, from school. That's right. And you're un- unhappily married at the time, and then you no, we was already, I was already divorced. Divorced from the first wife. Right. Okay. And then yeah. I'm with, and now with her, I've been with her for, for a long time. So that's working out. It's awesome. And she's happy to be married to the drummer. She doesn't care about that stigma. She, yeah. She's cool with that. Sometimes. Hey, Ian, how did you meet your wife? Oh, I met her in high school. Except. Um, you know, she was, was in high school. When yeah, you I was were 37. Like, you know, yeah. but uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a uh, typical story. I met her, met her at a bar, and then met her at another bar. Another bar, and I thought, huh, might be something here. Okay, she yeah. likes the same bars, bars. you like. There's got to be, <laughs> yeah. there's got to be something. No, the fun of it is she never, you know, she doesn't really. I, I love going to, you know, my local pub and the culture and all that. She's, she's coming around to that, but she wasn't like a girl hung out at bars a whole lot, you know. She just, just happened to be New out with some friends a few times, and you know, that's so New she Orleans. Says, so she said. Well, that's New Orleans, where you don't have to be the type of person who hangs out in bars to hang out in bars because right, exactly everybody hangs out in a bar basically. Yeah, Tommy, you're married too. Absolutely. How long have you been married? Uh, 11 years. 11 years? Yep. And you've got a good story about how you met your wife as well, I think. Yeah, we were pen pals. She's from the Philippines. And uh, we've got a son, seven. His name's Nigel. And uh, how, so how did you actually meet you and your wife? Well, uh, it was a personal ad I responded to, and we started communicating and started talking on the phone. And so did she's that like a mail-order bride? No, not at all. <laughs> so your wife, no, you that's met, a, Ian, that's met a bad his, perception. Ian met his wife in a bar, although she doesn't hang out in bars. <laughs> you met your wife as a mail order bride, even though she's not a mail order bride. No, well, it wasn't same sort of. Story. It wasn't her that actually did the the uh, thing. It was her sister. Yes, that's right. Her sister in law did that, and uh, she didn't even have a clue that uh, that was going on. And when she got back from Singapore, she was working there, and 
My letter was the first one she got a hold of, actually. And what were you doing reading some sort of a uh, Filipino-type mail-order bride, not mail-order bride <laughs> catalog? <laughs> well, well was I wasn't, it? actually. It was a personal ad thing. And, uh, in, in what? And I had no, no idea. In Popular Mechanics or something? <laughs> no. What was it in? I uh, can't recall now. Oh, dear. I have a question. Yes. Just uh, to take the heat off a little bit here. <laughs> 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 uh, um, so do you get uh, traditional Filipino cooking at home? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I don't eat most of it, but yeah. she cooks it constantly. My dad... Uh, the, the stinky fish. Yeah, and, uh, right. Yeah, well, my, da- my dad, uh, after he and my mom split up, he, he had a relationship with a Filipino woman for a while, and uh, he just loved going home because we go to these amazing parties, you know, where... <laughs> Oh, they can party now. Yeah, you yeah. know something's going on. Oh, Forty or fifty show up. And lots of card playing and great food and I mean, karaoke. Yeah, blood soups and like these crazy fish dishes. Again, this is in Rhode Island, which is like, whoa, yep. this is really pork good. blood with liver. They yeah. just had that a couple weeks ago. Wow. Yeah. Say that again. What with liver? Pork blood. Pork blood and liver. Is the liver from a pig? Yeah, yeah. Pig wow. and beef. Oh God! Wow, mixed and, livers, you know, mixed the, liver platter. The the ginger and the the vinegar. Uh, uh, well, the ginger and vinegar is nice. You know, but I mean, there there are other things like the the pancit, which is a rice stick noodle dish. That's really that excellent. sounds nice it's too. Got, you know, it's got uh, chicken breast and Chinese sausage and and mm. bits of bell pepper and onion and garlic and. See, I haven't found anywhere in New Orleans to have Philippine cooking. I think you have to have it at home. Oh yeah, absolutely. You have to have it at home. You yeah. need to go over to Tommy's place. Uh, yep. What well, about that? Why don't we all come over? There's a place down the street from uh, the uh, World War II Museum on Andrew Higgins. It's called Ely's Alterations, and she does it once a week for the seamen that come into the city. So okay, they, they'd have traditionally cooked food, you know, <laughs> while they're ported. Okay. No kidding. We need to, really? So someone who owns an alteration store down by the World War II Museum cooks food for Filipino sailors once a week? Yep. That doesn't sound quite right, does it? No, Every Friday. Perfect. No, it's in the back of the house, you know, on the stove, and... Just like cooking for a family, just just cooks a lot of it. I'm going to get my Popeye costume out of the attic and uh, (laughs) swing on by there. No, you wouldn't need that at all. They're they're welcome to everybody that comes in. Oh, absolutely. And how many Filipino sailors show up here on a weekly basis? Every time we go in there, there's quite a few in there, 10 or 15. Hey, have you seen the the Norwegian Seaman's Church on Mm -hmm. uh, Britannia Street? I bet it's the same kind of deal. Oh, yeah. yeah. They cook in the back. You know, gives them a sense of being, you know, to get the homesickness away. Yeah. So they and she's got the phone cards, and they were able to call home. So this person who owns the alteration place, what's her name? Uh, Ely. Ely. She, does she go and buy all this food herself out of the goodness of her heart and cook it up for a bunch of sailors she doesn't know from the Philippines? Yep. Imagine she sells it, though. Sells it by the plate or whatever. Uh, yeah. Not really. No. Okay. She doesn't sell it. She's, no, well, they spend their money there. You yeah. know, they, they buy. They get their know, clothes altered? Well, they're able to get goods that are from the Philippines <laughs> in that store. You know, oh, so she's got a whole sort of side business going on. Yeah, well, sh- it's a store. Now, you speaking, know. Of, speaking of homesickness, though, I bet Scott, being in a, you're in L.A., right? Yes. Now, is it possible to find... No. Read my mind. <laughs> find There's what? No, I was going to say, possible so to find an actor working at a restaurant. Completely read my mind. You want to talk about Cajun food over there. I was gonna, New Orleans food, yeah. Uh, there's been there's been a lot of people go to a restaurant and say hey there's this place why don't you go check it out so me and my wife will go over there and this one place we went in I'm, I'm not going to say the name of the place I don't want to badmouth the place but we go okay. in there you can say it no, it's fine we go in it smelled good I was like babe we found a spot this is awesome start eating no it's not I mean it's good don't get me wrong but it's not home cooked you know it's not the crawfish you would have here or the gumbo you'd make here so it's not authentic but it's it's close I guess as close you're going to get out there. But they nope. have everything out there. I mean, you, there's, 
all kind of restaurants, all kind of... And the funny thing is you're talking about Filipino. I don't know if you know, but that Joe, the lead singer, his brother, are both Filipinos. There you go. Do you get much Filipino cooking in the their band? Mom, their mom is, does all... Uh, the, the, all that cooking that you, that you yeah. talk about, all that stuff. So sometimes we'll go the lumpia, the, the egg roll things. Does she speak? Does your wife speak Tagalog? Uh, both. She speaks actually four languages in Filipino simultaneously. Yeah. Well, her main language is Visayas. Is it Arabi one of them? <laughs> <laughs> that would be Arabian. Yes. Yeah. And she get some lumpia by your mom and that. <laughs> She's How learning that quite well. How does she get on with English? Could she speak when she got here? Oh, or did absolutely. Did you have to teach her? No, no, no. She she knows English very well. She knew English before she got here. Oh yeah. yeah. Has she picked up a sort of a New Orleans accent? Well, it's actually required oh, you, to. You've uh, got a hell of an accent to take college. At college in the Philippines, you have to learn to speak English oh, here in college. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what sort of accent do you have from Bhutti? Is that a traditional Bhutian accent? It's a Bhutian accent. <laughs> Did you grow up in Bhutti? You were born there? Yeah, well, I was born in Luling, and we grew up there in Bhutti, stayed in that area. We lived in Alabama for a few years, but ultimately came back here when I was in the second grade and been here ever since. And how would you describe Bhutti to the uh, outside world? Uh, I don't know. Try, have it, a shot it, it's at one that. of those small, little, obscure towns you really don't want to admit you're from. You don't really? <laughs> yeah, you want to say you're from it's, the big city the, of Raceland. It's Raceland's. on the West Bank. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's on the West Bank too. It's a West Bank. Event, yeah, technically. When people ask where you're from, you just say New Orleans. Do you? Well, it's booty. Yeah, because nobody knows. You name all these little cities. I'm like, do you know where New Orleans is? Yeah, yeah. You know where Bell Chase is? What? No, nah, we're from New Orleans. Are you from Bell Chase? That's the home of the Air Force. Bell Chase is what they is what they said. Well, like being, from, being from Rhode Island. Nobody, you know, people say, like, where are you from? Say Rhode Island. Okay, I usually get some scratch in their heads. But if they've heard of Rhode Island, they say, well, what part? Like, what part? Have you ever been to Rhode Island? I <laughs> <laughs> can tell you the town. It's not going to mean anything. It doesn't have parts. It's a single-celled organism, you know? It's that small. Like eight streets in Rhode yeah, Island. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah. you don't mind yeah, When I moved to New Orleans, they lost a congressman, you know? <laughs> you don't mind admitting you're from Rhode Island, whereas you don't want to admit you're from Booty. What is there to be ashamed well, of? Well, it's, it's a New Orleans thing. It's not a Booty thing. Because, I don't know, Booty is kind of like a neutral. It was a, uh, it was a chemical plant town, you know. You worked at the chemical plant for some time. Yeah, yeah. I was out at Shell when it exploded, actually. You were there when the sh- well, when Shell we, exploded? Well, had it happened later, we would have been, but we were there, you know, when it happened. What happened? I wasn't even aware Shell exploded. I thought they were still in business. Back in 1984. The, uh, ca- the, cat le- the cat unit exploded, which is the main unit in the plant. What does that stand for, cat? Catalyst. Catalyst. It's where all the, the, the raw crew goes in, one end, and it comes out all the different products of the other. And what happened? Someone lit a match or something? It was just old piping and things that was actually under repair. <laughs> it, it blew up half a Norco, basically. How many people died in it? I think seven. Wow. Seven people died. Well, that's quiet. I never, Norco's you- in... Uh, in Laplace, though, isn't it? It's, uh, it's in Norco. It's between Laplace and Destrahan. Nobody uh, wants to say they're from Norco. They just say Boutique. If they right. <laughs> or Laplace. <laughs> What's the food situation? I, know, I looked up Ian's book. I've got Ian's book in my hand. It's called Louisiana Rambles, Exploring America's Cajun and Creole Heartland. That's it. And uh, it's really interesting. It's got lots of references to all the little towns around yeah. in Louisiana as you drive out of here. And a booty is not one of them. Booty, uh, you know, I had to save something for the sequel. Right? Uh, but, uh, yeah, booty, there's not really much to stop there at. I mean, there's, there's one 
wonderful convenience store that also doubles as a bait shop and a gun shop. You know what I'm talking Sammy's. about? Sammy's. Yeah, it's the one okay. store, basically. Sammy's, you can get yeah. boudin and yeah. earthworms. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think they stock Together? Them. Yeah. They <laughs> well, I mean, they'll, they'll put them in separate bags for you. <laughs> so you know something about boutique, but you lift it out of the book. Uh, well, like I say, sequel time. Sequel time. Okay. Yeah. Well, he's got to come to Chalmette. We've got some good places out there. Chalmette doesn't make it in the book at all, I don't think. Because that's in New Orleans. No, Chalmette's in it a bit for the inland fishing. Um, well, St. Bernard right. Parish, for, for sure, but yeah. Yeah, you know, the book was about, um, started out as, basic idea was uh, day trips outside of New Orleans. Because, uh, like I said, I'm not from here, but as I started to grow into being a New Orleanian, one of the reasons I knew I was finally becoming one was because I almost never left the city, which is one of the characteristics of a New Orleanian. (laughs) What is there to live for? Right, yeah, well, you know, but once you get out of the, uh, you know, on the other side of the moats and walls that surround this island city, you know. uh, Actually some good food. Yeah, this this is great food, (laughs) this great culture, and it's all right there in your doorstep, you know. It's a 20-minute drive from my house in mid-city New Orleans, in central New Orleans, to an area where you'll be, you know, just pr- the best fishing in the world. They're surrounded by alligators. There's these un- otherworldly scenes, you know. Boutique, for Boutique. instance. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, the world beyond Boutique and so on in just a moment. First of all, Mitch Foreman is uh, in our studio. Do you still have a piano? It's still here. In you want to play something? I will. You know what? In, in honor of uh, rambling, we're going to play Don't Get Around Much Anymore by Duke Ellington. <laughs> okay. Like that. Duke Ellington's don't get around much anymore. Mitch Foreman on the piano from uh, the Mitch Foreman Quartet. Hey, hey. The other three guys in the quartet are not working today. <laughs> uh, they're all, they have the day off. It's their, it's their roster day off. Yeah, union break. Yeah. It's yeah. a union break, exactly. <laughs> hey, Mitch, thanks. I was looking. No, Mitch, have you ever been, you've been to North Louisiana, haven't you, Mitch? I, I believe I have. 
I think you've driven around there a bit. And so what I thought I would do is, uh, during while you were playing, uh, yes. I've got Ian's book in my hand, Louisiana Rambles, and uh, I thought I'd open it up and I'd just pick out something to talk about. Like, I'll come back and say, hey, what about that place, you know, something like Abbeville, because it's under A. But uh, what I did is I, I happened to open it to D, and the first, I can't even see anything, of course, because it's so dark here at the columns. Not that they, you know, don't... Yeah, it feels like we're having a seance over here. I, I know. <laughs> Maybe we should. Huh. And so this is what I opened it up to. Brenda Dada Robichaud. Oh, yeah. What, what a, who is Brenda Dada Robichaud? What a great name. Yeah, that's a great place for your finger to fall on. She is the, uh, the leader, the tribal leader of the United Home Nation, uh, which is, of course, the uh, native tribe. Yeah, uh, Indians. For our area, yeah. Do we yeah. say? Do we allowed to say Indians? Well, here's an interesting thing: we do, and they do, but the yeah. federal government does not. They are not recognized by the federal government as being a native people because classic story for Louisiana. Uh, they, you know, they're an Indian people. They intermarried briskly with the French. And the Robichauds. Yeah. Well, that's her married name, but she married right. a French, uh, a, a, you know, a, a doctor of French descent. But um, they uh, they can't prove. To the federal government that they are a uh, indigenous native people, so the state recognizes them, and anybody who looks at them would recognize them as a Native American people. But uh, federal the federal government doesn't recognize them, and that means uh, no they reservation, no casino. Well, no, I mean not even that. No, that's uh, the main thing. No, no money, no support. Yeah. You know, no, uh, you know, all these other tribes are are pretty pretty. Uh, not well taken care of, but they get some support from the federal government. They don't, do, they, do they have a reservation out there no. in Homer? They have no. nothing. No. They get to have a parade. They have for, an Indian for Mardi parade. Gras, yeah. <clears throat> the Indians have a parade in Homer? Yeah. Uh, they have a powwow and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. they're basically run out of the, the, the whole Homer nation is basically run out of uh, uh, Brenda Dardar Robichaud's home uh, right on uh, by Lafouche in Raceland. And uh, they're just, uh, she's an incredible. Uh, inspiring leader for her people really is. I mean, she's she's did the the, uh, the lion's share of the work, bringing knitting that whole nation back together after Katrina. Because of course there are areas that were tremendously damaged, and uh, these are people who are. Is she the chief? Yeah, she's essentially the chief. So yeah. you can have a female chief of an Indian yeah tribe. Yeah, apparently that's in, in the in the Homer tradition. That's 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 where. So the Homer Indians, meaning Homer is spelled H O U M A. If you're wondering, we're thinking it was Homer Simpson. Yeah, it's right. a Homa, yes. it's a small town. How far out of New Orleans would that be? Oh, it's about uh, an hour and hour and change. Uh, you know, just past Boutique, <laughs> just beyond Boutique, <laughs> up the about forty minutes west of Boutique. Yeah, actually. is it? Yeah. And 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 how would you describe the Indian lifestyle there? I mean, are they maintaining traditions? And is there an Indian restaurant type thing, or is there yeah. food, or is it? No, this is one of the most impoverished and, and vulnerable, frankly, communities in the entire state, and they. Uh, you know, they they were barred from public education past eighth grade until the sixties, and uh, so there's you weren't a, you weren't allowed to be educated al- if you're a Native American. They weren't allowed to go to school with white kids, and there wasn't there were as you know Can I ask as, you a as were as were black children, but they had schools for black children. Is this just in Louisiana, or was this nationwide? Well, this is in Louisiana. But they don't really have Homa Indians anywhere else. Okay, so that it was specific. <laughs> it was specifically the Homer, specifically the Homer Indians weren't allowed the to. Homer be, Indian get, tribe of Schenectady. Yeah, they weren't allowed to be educated. Yeah, after yeah. the eighth grade, yeah. if you lived in Homer and you're a Native American. That's the cruel irony of it that they are they are not recognized by the federal government now to get support for past basically for past discrimination, but they certainly were singled out by bigots of the day, and so that's why the Homer Nation has a you know very high level of illiteracy and just uh, you know all the problems that go along with that for the older generation the younger generations catching up of course but you know these 
people who have a very traditional lifestyle still. They, you know, they use a lot of the. They uh, live off the land. They still. do. Yeah. They, they, their, their, their culture and their, their faith, even their medicines rely a lot on the stuff that's all that they find there in the bayou communities. And that's the stuff that's washing away. And it's a very sad story. And it could be a very, very sad story. But uh, people like Brenda Darda wrote a show. Um, they're reinterpreting it to be more of a, a one about coming back and a heroic story. To me, she's an inspiring leader. Are they trying to get recognition by the federal government to become a recognized yeah. tribe and have a casino? They try. They've tried. Well, I don't know. Casino is exactly what they want. Like but they, they, like okay, they threw a, that in there at the end. Yeah, <laughs> they well, definitely I, try. I would put, I would put It'll that be a in floating there. casino yeah. now. now. Here's here's well, something. Right. For, here's something. For, yeah. Here's something that, that it speaks volumes. I think about South Louisiana, and uh, I know you can appreciate this coming from Booty, Tommy. Is that uh, the uh, one of the criteria for being classified as an Indian tribe by the federal government? Is that you know you, do you maintain this contiguous area where you all lived in? Can you point out like where this was your territory or whatever? And uh, when they when the home representatives take the the federal representatives around, they take them around by boat and they show them how well. It's oh. this flotant and yeah. it's that flotant. <laughs> right. Yeah, and over here, so, uh, you know. Those 10 cypress trees. Right, correct, yeah. Like, we don't, you know, for us to drive from this town to that town would take an hour and a half in a car, but to take a pirogue in the bayou. 20 canoe, minutes. 20 minutes. Right. And so they're actually really close together, contiguously, if you travel the way that they would here, in a, by boat, by right. water. This is a land of water. But if you take the modern highway, it seems quite far off and distant from one another. And they, they say they, they could never get that to penetrate the, the federal administrator's so head. Contiguous, it's not physical it's land. It's not land. Yeah. Yeah. It's fixing to be if they open that Morganza spillway. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's right. It's going to bring all that sediment that used to occur before that levee was so built. So if they do open the spillway... That it's going to build that delta up again. It's going to be... That's, the land's going to come back. For the oh, home. absolutely! A lot of the, I think a lot of the, I thought it was going to swamp all those. Come back, yeah, but it's still it's bringing sediment and sand. But first of all, you have to have your house flooded, and then you've got some well, sand. You, you knew that when you moved in there. You think? Yeah. Well, they, they they know it's a floodway, so they know when they build houses in there that it's a possibility that they would have to in well, the future. All of us are on a floodway. <laughs> Apparently, we are. Well, we're going to find it out. We built levees to stop it. So. Yeah. yeah, well, we'll see if they we're work. We're suffering now we'll, because we'll, of we'll it. We'll know in a couple of weeks whether, they, whether those levees work. Apparently, if they don't work, we're all going to be underwater again. Worse, yeah. worse than Katrina. Absolutely. Did you see that in the paper, Hayes? Since you've been here, Scott? Yeah. Anyone tell you that? I went to the concert last night. I haven't looked at no paper. <laughs> right, Better off. Yeah. yeah. So the, 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 yeah the, the, uh, the Don't cross the, the St. Claude Bridge. The front page of the paper yesterday has the worst case scenario cooked oh, up geez. by the Corps of Engineers. <laughs> That's like saying, if my head was on fire while I was holding a chainsaw in my mouth, that would be probably the worst case scenario. <laughs> I'm not trying to make light of it, but you know, people saw that headline and freaked out. Are people stocking up on stuff? I'll have another drink if the okay. waitress came along. Yeah, I don't know where she's gone, actually. Kate is supposed to be there. But are people stocking up in stores no, around locally. by your place, not Tommy, locally. out in there? Mm-mm. No one's worried about it? No. Because you're living in a floodplain, actually. Yep. You've already had 20 feet in your house. Yeah, I've still got mud on top of the house in some places. So you could have another 20 feet by, like, when is it supposed to be the 23rd of, of May, I think. So I guess, Tommy, you're stockpiling mud. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to bring the land back. Yep. From we're, we're building up the, uh, the area. And over on the West Bank, where, you still have family over there, Scott? Oh, and my mom and dad, my brother, they all still live over there. Well, they, they, they avoided the, the horrors of Hurricane Katrina, mostly on the West Bank, but they're going to get it this time, apparently. No, actually, the lower, the lower portion of Plaquemines got demolished. It did? Yeah, because the storm went straight up uh, the Mississippi and turned by Point, uh, Point Lahash, or Port Sulphur. And when it made, it made the little right turn, but that's when St. Bernard and all that 
But if that would if it had kept going straight, all of all of Belchase would have probably been wiped out too. It'd been just like the lower lower part of uh, Plaquemines Parish. Yeah, but actually, St. Bernard would have been fine had the levees not failed. Really? Oh, I absolutely. thought it came up the Mystic. No, we hey, we're not going to we go down this street. We're not going down this road again. What the? Who could have Yeah, we're talking about say. food, aren't we? I thought we were going to talk about... Where can about I get a good roast beef po' boy around here? <laughs> Where can you get a good roast beef po' boy around here? You have many options, right? In this uh, a really a good one. Yeah. Well, Where really they actually cook the roast themselves. Have you had some bad experiences with roast beef po' boys? Tell me yeah, I mean, so. you go in these restaurants and pay 12 bucks for a New Orleans roast beef po' boy, and it's a Cisco sliced roast beef with some McCormick gravy right. slapped on it. Oh, That's yeah. certainly Scott. On a hoagie bun. Scott's probably seen some horrors <laughs> and we're from on the here. West Coast about yeah. po' boys, right? I don't even... Uh, I haven't even touched that. I don't people from know. Rhode Island but you're talking, that. You're talking about in New Orleans you've had these terrible po' boys. Well, yeah, but, I mean, people from Rhode Island don't know any better. <laughs> so when they come here... He's right. You know, it's, it's great to them because they've never had that combination. You Where know. do you... Is, is this at places in the French Quarter you're talking about? Or all oh, over yeah. Town? Well, I mean... The, Where tourists would yeah, go. Yeah, well, the Quarter Two Sisters, they serve, uh, I forget, Boar's Head... Um, Roast beef, which is you know it's okay, but it's boar's head roast beef. It's they just sliced roast beef that you can right, buy. That you could buy in Winn Dixie. You're supposed to be roasting it yourself, Ian. Is that right? If you're oh yeah, for sure. If you're taking this seriously, yeah, it should be that debris style. You know, little particles and bits and pulling apart. Yeah, yeah the stuff that's in the bottom of your mama's pan with exactly. the bits of garlic and the exactly. onion. And exactly. So where's the best one? Um, I'm partial to Parkway Bakery up in Mid City. I think that has the best roast beef in town. I'm getting a no over here from our producer. <laughs> no. but, Mitch, but no. another one that I really like is Parasols, which Tracy's. is Tracy's is the new one. That's right. But uh, I actually tra- like the, the, the old. The, the, it, here's, here's another good New Orleans food story. So there's a place called Parasols forever, you know, for like 50 years. Yeah. Had great roast beef po' boys. Still does. But that whole operation moved. The guy who was cooking all these things and... Uh, Running the whole operation for the last twelve years, was leasing the business from somebody else. Moved hang the whole kit and Hang on, Kate. Oh, more. What do we need? Oh, another, another glass, wine, please. Yeah. Anything for you, Scott? I'm good. You good, Tommy? One thing. We're good. Okay. I guess I'm the only one. Uh, so he moved the whole kit and caboodle to yeah. uh, just a block up the street to what's now called Tracy's because the owner of the business and the building sold it basically from underneath them. So it was this kind of na- teeth-gnashing experience. Oh, we're going to lose parasols. We're going to lose parasols. Well, you now parasols moved, has a new name, Tracy's. It's the same po' boy, same everything you remember, just in actually, I think, a better setting. It's a cool, cool building. Lots of TVs, great sports bar kind of atmosphere, big open doors, just awesome place. Meanwhile, the old parasols, the old building, um, was taken over by a new operator, brought in, everything was new. You know, you, you look around there, it's still the same layout and setup, but it's new people, new recipes, and you think, oh, well, what a loss. But actually, they've done a great job. The new place is really, really good, too. And so, so now we've got on, two good places. On one block, you have two places to get really good roast beef po' boys. And okay, can, what about the French Quarter? Hang uh, on a sec. The interesting <laughs> thing about New Orleans is... Johnny's Paul Boys in the French yeah. Quarter. The other thing about Not New Orleans is that you can have two Paul Boy places on that, you know, like sort of asexual reproduction that split apart, and now there's two, and there's just as many people somehow. Now there's twice as many customers. Grant, there is nothing there. asexual about a good roast beef Paul Boy. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's an interesting I'm question. I'm dripping off your elbow. <laughs> <laughs> what about shrimp? Shrimp. Where to get shrimp? Yeah. Is that where Good, yeah. good I'm not, not having sex with a shrimp. Oh, right? oh I see. No, no, yeah, it right, right. It has to be a you huge one. You haven't done yeah. No, I was going to say, yeah. please. It has to be a really, really big one, yeah. Um, well, how's the shrimp? Like, boiled or? Yeah, what kind of shrimp? Yeah, what kind of? Poor boy. Oh, okay. boy. Ah, I love this place in Gentilly called Zimmer's. It's, uh, it's 
old, old place, uh, you know, kind of right in the middle of a Gentilly neighborhood. It's right next door to the John Genduza Bakery, which makes great French bread. So, you know, a sea, it's a, basically it's a seafood market next to a bakery. They're going to have a good shrimp po' boy. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. And they do. Yeah. It's, it's the kind of place you, don't, you can't eat there. You know, everything's to go. But they do a, a bang-up business with, uh, with the sandwiches and just bag stuff. And uh, they, uh, you know, they, boil, they boil crabs, boil shrimp, boil crawfish in season. And they make a great shrimp po' boy. On okay, them. so this is a little small counter-only yeah. place yeah. in Gentilly. In Gentilly, yeah. And they've reopened. Have you been to every place in New Orleans? No, I haven't. No, I haven't. The, the How would you stumble into that joint where, like, probably, you know, just the locals would go? I still ask around. I am a local, by No, the way. but I mean, locals in Gentilly. Oh, I mean. oh, I see, I see. Yeah, um, that's, that's a little out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, can you tell them a little testy about that? No, no, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Sorry. I'm a mean, local. I wouldn't just, find a place yeah. out there. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, no, that's someone my job. Tell, someone told you. That's my job. That's right. my job. I, I work, you know, I write a restaurant column every week, and I want to make sure it reflects everything that's going on in the city. So I don't live in New Orleans East, but I still do my best to find restaurants yeah, out there. It's not a neighborhood you ride around looking for something good to eat. <laughs> but <laughs> I do. <laughs> Actually, I do. If I, I'll, a, I'll cruise around for a few hours. What a fantastic way to make a living. Think of all the jobs that you guys have got, you know. You, you, you're with like a construction worker and you're a drummer, which is basically the same thing. <laughs> uh, and, and you get they work to, with their hands. And you get to ride around all day in, in a car going to restaurants and eating. That's part of what I do, yeah. What's the other part? You're writing about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, I, good. yeah. You, must, you must be happy about that. You should surely. get paid to go eat. Essentially, yeah. Aren't you happy about that, Ian? Isn't that like the greatest thing ever to have stumbled onto that? No complaints. It's wonderful. How many people can say no complaints? So you get to eat three times a day, and you get paid. Essentially, you're going to try like a breakfast place, and you're going to try a lunch place. <laughs> I, I space it out a little more than right. that. I, uh, you know, in, in, in the average week, I'm probably going to ten restaurants. Ten? Yeah. Ten restaurants in a week. But you know, the other meals is very meager. You know, it might just be, uh, you know, a couple eggs with a pork chop, a side of grits, some bacon, toast, biscuit, and uh, you know, a little glaze of ham on the side. Just, that's you know, it. That's just, just really kind of a modest breakfast yeah, to get wow. me started. Yeah, so when you a, go in, do you announce who you are, or you just go in and just sit in the back corner and just try something? And then well, Usually I throw the doors open and I say, I'm Grant Morris, damn it, <laughs> feed me. So do you belong no. to a gym, or do you exercise, or how are you going to do this? Are you going to stay alive for another 50 years? I run my mouth a lot. and That's uh, what it does? No, no. I, I, do, I do exercise quite a bit. I, yeah, I try to keep up with it. I don't, I, you know, I've had to learn to adjust to what I eat when I'm not working, you know. Yeah. So I eat very healthily. My, my, my wife uh, is a uh, New Orleans vegetarian. That means seafood only. Right. Um, I play rugby. It's a New Orleans vegetarian. You play rugby? <laughs> yeah, I play on the rugby team. Well, that's serious. Yeah. That's a lot of exercise. Hey, we're going to move it along. Scott, yeah. we're going to play another song off the album if you can remember the title of a song. Sing Me Anything. Sing Me Anything. Uh-huh. That's a good song title. It's an awesome song. And it's off the album Where Is Love by Adam's Attic. It sure is. Let's have a listen to it.
From the West Bank of New Orleans, Adam's Attic. And a song called Sing Me Anything off the new album, Where Is Love, available now. It is. We just uh, had a C-release party at the Viper Room on the Sunset Boulevard. So you guys are like uh, happening in L.A.? Uh, I would say so. It's awesome. We play, played all over on Sunset Boulevard. Uh, that's where all the industry people are, so we try to play most of our shows up there. But we'll play anywhere. You, you know, We'll play in bookstores. We'll bust out some guitars and some shakers and... We'll, we'll play that way. That would be really annoying, I would think, if you're in a bookstore and then these guys are busting out guitars. Hey, 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 it's not a library. It's no. not a library. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. 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 okay. Nobody's studying. Well, if they are, then yeah. <laughs> guess studying's over. Then they need to buy more. <laughs> right. All right. Well, congratulations on getting another record out. Which is this, the second or third album? Uh, it's the third. Third album. Good job. It's awesome. Good Thanks, job. Man. Well, good luck with you guys, and we look forward to seeing it. We'll have a link. We have a link to your record website? on our site. Oh, okay. Oh, awesome. So people can go to that uh, from our site and buy your record. Where is Love? Adam's Attic. Thanks for joining us. Scott Ian McNulty's book is called Louisiana Rambles Exploring America's Cajun and Creole Heartland, and that's available on? Everywhere. Everywhere? Yeah, everywhere. Good everywhere. books are sold. Wherever you buy new books these days. Is it digital? Can you download this on your Kindle and your. I think they're working thing? on it still, yeah. I think they're still that's working true. on that. Yeah, yeah that'll, that'll be soon. That's coming. I think so. How's it? How's it been for you? The book is it good? You going on book tours? Yeah, yeah. It's you know, it's um, I've been doing local signings and uh, you know, as far as I've gone so far as Lafayette, but uh, I'll do them you know wherever I think people will be interested in the book. You know, it's all about just the, basically the, the history and culture of South Louisiana experienced as travel. So it's uh, you know, it's, it's like a history book kind of come to life with your own travels roaming around through it, rambling. I mean, it's a, rambling. Yeah. Louisiana Rambles, Ian McNulty, the yeah. author. Thanks for joining us here today on Happy Hour. Tommy Corley, thank you for joining us. The Pride of Boutique. Thanks for having me. We're, you're welcome. And uh, do we find you online anywhere? Facebook? No, not at all. Nothing. Nothing. You have no presence, digital presence whatsoever. It's just not, bricks and mortar. Not unless the wife does it. The wife's doing it? Oh, yeah. Well, hopefully we'll all be able to go over your place and have a nice Filipino meal. Yeah, we could have Adam Attic play in uh, Araby Backyard Barbecue. Good idea. Okay, thanks, you guys, for joining us. And Mitch Foreman, of course, is in our studio back there with the piano. Mitch, thank you as well. Our producers of our show are Melinda Hawes, Trish Kaufman, Ali Duffy, and Nicole Howard. The executive producer of Happy Hour is Tanya Castellanos. Mitch Cry does all our technical direction, and Christian Unruh books all our music. Our web designer and our link to the real world is Cliff Brigden. The theme song that you're listening to right now was written and is being played by Mitch Foreman. If you'd like to be on our show, you'd love it down here at the Collins Hotel. Drop us a line at itsneworleans at gmail.com and you can come and join us at Happy Hour as well. It's recorded live once a week here at the Collins Hotel at 3811 St. Charles Avenue. Not only a great place to come and have a drink with us, but a great place to come and stay if you're coming to New Orleans. And a great place to eat, I believe, Ian. Have you looked at the menu in front of us here? Yeah, I was just checking that out. Tapas and everything. 
It looks pretty good. They say they're going to bring us food every week and they never bring us a plant. <laughs> so hopefully one of these, these days they will. You can check out our other Happy Hour shows on our website as well. If you've enjoyed this one, there's tons more to listen to. And check out Psych Ward as well on itsneworleans.com. Until next time on Happy Hour, I'm Grant Morris. Thanks for listening.